well sharpen your pencils, set up those dice, and free your mind, because we're about to build an open world. Hello, my name is Knox Adams, my pronouns are he, him, and I am the cruise director for Open World, and I just want to let you know that I love you. Here on Build an Open World, we create diverse characters, accessible places, and supportive things that you can use as inspiration or even take directly and use in your own fantasy RPG worlds at home. Today, our guest is Joanna. Um, Joanna, please introduce yourselves. Please introduce yourself, uh, tell us your pronouns, and what is your experience with tabletop RPGs? Yeah, hi everyone. Um, my name is Joanna, um, Joanna Liu, and I am um, the, I, I do a few, a few different things, so it's going to be a little bit harder to introduce myself fully, but uh, I organize an Instagram account called DND Research which is basically founded based on my thesis research on learning about how people collectively play the D&D game and also using creative tools. And we also expanded the research now as a team of people. Uh, I also do D&D related jewelry on Instagram. I also, uh, I, another thing I do is building an augmented reality application for D&D. So as you can see, all my life involved around D&D. Uh, <laughs> myself, I'm being a player of D&D for about seven years and then being a DM for about almost as long, probably just a, a couple months shy of seven years because I became the forever DM for my friends group very quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, that sounds amazing that your your whole life is so ingrained with D&D. I feel like that is where I want to be someday as well. <laughs> Uh, right now, this is this is where I, just the podcast, but someday I hope to have even more like you are doing with yours. Um, yeah, it's very easy to do. Once you have one D&D <laughs> kind of avenue open, all the other things just happen naturally. Just, yeah, rolls in everything with it. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so I was wondering, what is a, a defining quality, a characteristic or identity that you feel is lacking in the characters that inhabit your the fictional worlds that you uh, you are in as both a creator or a player, I think there's a lot more people doing like explore different genders now. One thing I always do when I play D and D is I usually always play a gender of like the opposite gender or some someone that's not same as me, so that I can experience different experiences. Um, another thing is I do feel just the D&D community in general because the Asian population is not very, very like represented. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of the characters, like, you know, a, a lot of them based on the Western kind of story, fairy tales and stories. Mm -hmm. So it's, I, I found it be interesting to bring in some of the like different cultures, the cultural background into the players that I play. I, I, I love that. I think that's that's amazing, and I can't wait to see what we build together. Um, yeah, so together we are going to create um, a character and backstory in hopefully the next 20 or so minutes that incorporates uh, those characteristics that Joanna just spoke about. Um, before we get into the build, please remember to take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts to be kept up to date on the latest additions to this open world. 
Just a disclaimer before we get started. During our discussion, there is a good chance that we might discuss topics that we are not experts on and identities that we might not identify with. We are coming from a place of openness and respect, but if we don't get something quite right, please reach out to us on social media and we'll, um, and I will personally add an amendment to the post on my website about this episode. Uh, we are open to learning and growing here. So now we're going to get started on building the character. First, um, I want to see if we're going to build a hero or if we're going to build an NPC. So can you roll a d6 for me? Okay. That's a three. A three? Okay, so we're going to build a hero. So we're going to do a standard uh, hero. Well, I mean, it might not be standard. There's no standardness here. <laughs> um, now we're going to move into ancestry. So if you could roll a d100. That's a 93. We are going to use um, orc. D12 for a background. Eight. All right, hermit. Last one is a D20 for class. Another eight. Another eight. <laughs> Paladin. All right. Cool. I found that a lot of people like to start with age just to get a concept of where this person is in their life. Um, and this doesn't necessarily mean a specific number age, but more are we thinking a child, young adult, middle-aged, senior. What do you feel like this uh, orc paladin? How, mm. do you, how do you see this orc paladin um, <laughs> let's go with young adult. So next we can move into body size. So this one, just to help us kind of get a visual of what we're looking for. This isn't the technical, uh, small, medium, large, like the D and D, uh, mechanic size, but this mm. is more thinking about their height in comparison to other, um, orcs, mm -hmm. Uh, and also maybe the shape of their body, if it differs, the muscle content, the fat content, just mm -hmm. to all give it a very deliberate, what are we, uh, mm -hmm. how do we see this character? Yeah, I think when you think of an orc, the, the stereotype is always very buff, right? Mm -hmm. So the, why don't we go with the opposite? Someone who is not buff for, for an orc. Are yeah. you thinking more in that, in... If not buff, are you thinking more in the side of like lean and uh, lanky or more in this, uh, the side of larger with less muscle? Definitely lean and lanky. I think that mm. would be an interesting, yeah. interesting one. Yeah. Next. So we have, uh, we have sex and gender identity here. Mm -hmm. As we know, these can uh, differ from each other. Um, I recently did an episode where the one of the where the gender identity was one of the main themes of that episode and they were non-binary and my guest that I spoke with um she was saying that sometimes unless like if they differ from each other unless the sex is going to be a deliberate part of the storyline of this character mm -hmm. then it doesn't always need to like we don't need to define mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um but again that's just that this is i like to describe some of this i might cut out yeah you know the discussion between these things oh yeah this is fantastic yeah i, I love this kind of discussion so yeah so i definitely agree I, I i think it's it's kind of like what who you identify with is probably the most important right. 
part, right, for this person. So uh, for me, I think I haven't tried this in my characters before. Is playing someone who is more gender fluid okay. can be identified either way, and then I'm okay with it. So that's that's kind of a character I would like to play with. Yeah, I like, and I like that um, you specified gender fluid um, because uh, we've had we've had a non-binary character made, but I feel like they, even though they are, they have similar aspects to them they definitely are different and i like that i the idea that they could like they flow back and forth like the fluid motion they could go either way i like that so then do we think that this the like the sex assigned at birth is important to this character story or no i would say not really so that's leave it blank <laughs> all right we'll leave that one and then when we're thinking about how they express themselves uh I know they identify as gender fluid. Do you see them actually expressing both the male masculine and feminine energy back and forth? Definitely. Sexual orientation, since we are working with these, mm. do you see, how do you see this, this character um, identifying their sexual orientation? Mm, I think bisexual. At this point, do you think we have enough to try and give this character a name so we can start referring to them. Yeah, actually, I I don't have my list of orc names here. No I don't know what's I can, the, I can what's pull the... up a uh, generator if you want and kind of give a few examples. And we yeah, can uh, if you can give me a few starter points. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can go no, from I, there. Yeah. That, and this is something that has been really fun um, with the last couple is that when somebody hears a name that just clicks, they're like, that has to be it. That's that's yep. my character's name. <laughs> Dole, Rav, Ravrun, Dotie, Agim, uh, Mill. I think Mill probably. Mill. I like that. It's it's simple. I feel like it's also something when I'm playing games. Even if I give my characters like a really long, uh, full name, I usually like to give them a one syllable, uh, <laughs> nickname that is just an mm -hmm. easier to like yell out when you're mm -hmm. talking with your yeah. party members with these four which are race culture religion and language these mm -hmm. four i like to not think about in because every game is going to be different with what their religions have available to them and mm -hmm. the specific languages and all of these mm -hmm. things so these are more what are we pulling from the real world to influence so like you mm -hmm. were saying you want to pull from um uh, Eastern Asian culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think Eastern Asian Asian uh, culture or kind of the tribal culture is another one I'm thinking of. That someone I think I'm thinking this character come from some place that it's very they have a traditional way of living. Okay. That's very very strict. So that's kind of the culture I'm envisioning. And are we still thinking? Um and Asian, right? Like yeah, Asian I, I mean, it's yeah, definitely, but it's not necessarily. I'm thinking of drawing the kind of elements from the Asian culture, like, for example, that idea of uh, traditional, like, strictness and also the distancing, like, of, like, because if you think, of, <laughs> I think of my parents, like, yeah. this is sad, but, like, my, my parents never really once seriously said, I'm proud of you or I love you. But that's just because of the Asian culture, kind of how it is. It's very difficult 
for them to say that because their parents never said that to them. Right. So those kind of elements, I kind of wanted to like implement it in in this kind of like environment so that it's 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 just like a tiny bit of a hint of like, okay, this is how my culture usually communicate. And this is kind of how I want that character to have a hint of me kind of thing. Right. I, I, I like that. And I almost, now I'm going back to this hermit background. Mm-hmm. I'm almost wondering if it's not an actual hermit, but it almost like they grew up feeling like a hermit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they didn't like you were saying that's like that strictness and the example that you gave where it's like mm-hmm. it was like an em- almost like an emotional hermit. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that yeah. is that is something we can that makes sense. Yeah. Race and skin color. I mean, mm-hmm. for skin color, orcs, I feel like can be there's a multitude and mm-hmm. especially because it's an, uh, a, a fantasy world. They mm-hmm. could be any color <laughs> we want them to be. Mm hmm. Uh, I don't know what are the normal col- colors. I think there is a guide of like what works normal color are, but my favorite color is purple. So I'm going to yeah. put down to be a like a lilac pale purple ish color, like exactly like we kind of what you have on this like uh sp- spreadsheet that this peer- this sheet we're filling out. <laughs> yeah. This kind of purple, yeah. This traditional tribal society that he grew up in. That's what like that's like this tribe um i don't know if are they all are they all that kind of lilac pale purple color yeah yeah that that makes them all all the same color so that he hasn't seen anyone different color than or he or her like than than Mm -hmm. this person that they are so it's like very confusing yeah yeah and we can use he or we can use he uh he him or her uh she her pronouns because they're gender fluid so whatever comes out there's no wrong answer here yeah um i i I really like that and i again because it's a fantasy world we we can make it whatever we want which is is, is so great because um mill is a paladin religion Mm -hmm. will play a part into it Mm -hmm. in some way Mm -hmm. um i wonder if there's any uh, religion in real life that we think the kind of relationship that they have with their God is similar mm. to, or that we would pull mm-hmm. elements from. I, I, I'm an atheist myself personally, but um, I like to dabble in reading different religions. So yeah. I'm kind of that kind of person, just very curious. And um, I, I like the concept, even as a kid growing up, I always liked the concept of kind of the uh the buddhism where and the, and the zen kind of like uh which is another different type of i guess uh that's kind of religion that like focus on the peace of the mind and also focusing on kind of the the nature and the good goodness right and also a little bit of Taoism which is at the same time about the balancing, the yin-yang kind of balance of the world. So that's kind of something I'm interested in, is that kind of like connection with nature and the connection with, with the balancing of the world. I, yeah, I, I, I loved everything you said. I think that that's really cool. And one of the paladin subclasses that come um, is, is called Oath of the Ancients. And I think that would fit with that kind of relationship that you spoke about. Mm-hmm. And again, for language, they would, this 
uh, Mill would likely speak Orc and likely speak a few other languages of where they mm -hmm. live in whatever world they come from. But mm -hmm. in this one, it's kind of like, is there an accent that this character would have or is there a... Um, is there a way that they would talk that might be different? Is it like, is there a, is it a cadence to their voice? Mm. A like, is it slow? Is it fast? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think probably I would say slow because he's always trying to think, am I making the right, am I saying the right sign? Okay. Because, because he's, is so different, right? The way he or she acts is very different so that, uh, I I think the slowness probably come from just self-doubting, <laughs> like am I saying the right thing right now? It is it, kind of what I'm I'm thinking of. Yeah, I yeah. So it's it's like self-doubt and almost overthinking everything mm -hmm. to make everything. sure yeah. <laughs> to make sure that what they're saying is mm -hmm. is appropriate and is is the right thing to do because they don't want to make more waves. Physical disability. What are we thinking? Do you think that this character has a physical disability? This person doesn't have any physical disability, mm -hmm. but definitely, you know, like on other side, side of things, like I, I see you have all different kinds of disability. Yeah, so, there. No, so, yeah. we'll so we can go no physical disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, are you thinking cognitive disability neurodiversity? Yeah, I would say like the part of being very slow and always kind of self-doubting self and overthinking make a lot of people believe that uh, maybe he is just very slow. And I that, that's one way to it, but also it's like really hinders his decision-making process. Basically the indecisiveness is kind of like this, the disorder of like, you know, when you go into a supermarket, you're like mm -hmm. spend hours in there trying to pick one can of like food, like which is right. the right one. So that that kind of uh, I don't know what it's called actually. I have like, but I think there is a disorder <laughs> associated um, with that. <laughs> I'm wondering if it might be. I'm wondering if that might um, actually be some kind of anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. Um. And that might that might actually fall under mental health condition, because if he has like a stress like an uh, a like uh, either panic or stress uh, like anxiety, I think Mill might have some anxiety, and mm -hmm. that's what's causing the the indecisiveness, mm -hmm. um, or possibly even OCD, where they mm -hmm. it's uh, it needs to be right a hundred percent. Before mm -hmm. it, like they before they can move forward, mm -hmm. I think again if there is a cognitive disability that <laughs> is what uh, me and Joanna are talking about, please let us know. But th that is in my head what I believe would would be what you're talking about. Sure, let let's put it down. I, I'm like again, I'm not the expert. In yeah, no, and, and that's so, and that's why so that's why it's a discussion between yeah. multiple. Yeah, people. exactly. Yeah. I, I think it's good to start a discussion for sure. Yeah, in terms of illness. I, I've been thinking actually. Um, so a little bit about, about about me going a little bit about personal background. Mm. Uh, but I I have a skin genetic skin disorder. Okay. And then when that's more exhibited when I was a younger kid. So my skin is uh, basically very dry and then appear to be like a scale like 
even. So、um, when I was younger, I has been excluded in a lot of activity when kids hold hands or do things together because they felt like oh it's con-、uh, contagious or something.、Oh, okay. But you know, obviously it's not. It's、uh, it's genetic skin disorder, so it's、mm-hmm. not contagious. But because of lack of knowledge, I was rejected from three different kindergartens until one actually admitted me. Oh my god!、Uh, yeah, but this is also back back in China where where I was born, and then like you know, it's it's more like this is where I'm talking about kind of the conservativeness. And I remember as a as a very young as a kid, I was playing on playground, and then we were holding hands doing activities. Suddenly, one kid whispers something to another kid's ear, and then you know, rumors spread, and then they all suddenly just like. Stop holding hands with me and said, "Oh, you're out of the circle. You you are contagious, and we don't want you to be in this game." Obviously, it, it takes a lot of like time for me to、uh, get over that kind of different traumas that has caused me, and I was always actually alone. But I I do feel in some way like you know physical definitely physical disability has a huge impact on mental dis. Disabilities, right? Mental state, mental health,、mm-hmm. and that kind of、um, relates together for sure. And I, I, I don't know why, how far I, I never、um, imposed this kind of illness or different things in any of my characters before, because I always wanted to be a healthy, like outgoing kind of bard kind of type of person, because that's kind of what where I perceive myself. But because of my Past experience, I've been always sheltered. I kind of closed in. I was not talking to anybody, and then for a period of time, even I was, I I believed like just I would never talk again. So so I I think I think、uh, when we talk about illness, I think it has to connect with like the huge impact of that illness on mental health,、mm-hmm. um for sure. So, um so I I I'd like to actually put something. Similar for this character because just because I have never done that before,、yeah. I feel since we're having this conversation of diversity and different experiences. Yeah. So so if we we、um, was there is there a a name to the 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 skin condition that you want to give this character? Yeah. Yeah. I I I, I need to search. That's no totally I mean, okay. That is totally yeah. okay. Yeah. I just because I want because one of the things that、um, I want to do is like illnesses that are、mm-hmm. like you were saying that they're just part of who you are. It's not like it's not contagious. It's not. It's it's、mm-hmm. just it's、um, it's part of who you are. I don't want I don't want D and D to kind of push those those people who identify with that away because it's like、mm-hmm. if somebody had、um, asthma. You、mm-hmm. wouldn't push them away and be like, "Oh, well, you can't, you can't play D and D with us because you have asthma."、Mm-hmm. So we want to be able to show that people that yeah yeah yeah. I'll, I'll type it to you in the chat because I don't know how to pronounce it. My, okay. My my English is still. I'm trying to like I I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Medical terms are the hardest for me to pronounce. They are so so I um. Yeah,、uh, yeah, I don't know.、Uh, itch theosis, itch theosis, I C H T H Y O S I S. Yeah, so that、uh, that's my skin condition, and I I feel,、um, yeah, 
it, it would be interesting to finally, finally have that identified in a character I play. So it, it's mostly genetic. Uh, there are cases that are not, but uh, the genetic cases are, are more mm-hmm. uh, common. And then uh, I think in my case, uh, is both of my parents had hidden genes, so they do not exhibit any of the symptoms. Okay. But part of a genes, they have that hidden gene. And it's kind of like very, it's a very rare case. It's a, I think like um, very rare, rare, uh, rare disease. Yeah. I wonder if maybe Mills, like grandparent or great grandparent also in this um, tribal uh, mm-hmm. culture with them, like had it too. And so like they, or something like that where, so they knew some, or they heard stories of somebody else who had it, but maybe they never met it, met, met them. I don't know. I'm trying to think of some way that, unless unless also having that and feeling alone is a major part of it. So maybe that is an important part that they, yeah, the only person that they know. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think it's also because for both of my parents, they they are non-exhibit. So mm-hmm. basically, they. They don't show symptoms, right? They look, look, they they are normal, but then they have a kid that are not normal. Then it's it, it's kind of a huge, like you know, like what, like and then when, especially in this tribal, if we're talking about this tribal environment, when they don't really have necessarily the tools like we do right now, the DNA right. analysis and all those, like you know, then they would not know what went wrong, right? right. They would not they they would not understand it they would just think there's something wrong with the kid mm-hmm. and then you know you would think in in some places they may even like dispose a kid right for other other like sm- even smaller villages let's say because the kid is so different than what they are i feel like that makes some of these other things make a bit more sense like like all of like these things that we were talking about before we even got to this part, like their mm. slow kind of self doubt because they're like, I've already my, like I I'm like this and my parents were kind of cold off cold towards me. And I don't know. I feel like this is, it's all coming together in a, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think so. It's, it's kind of uh, like, like I said, it's kind of scary. It's like, I never reflect on a character this way. Yeah. Um, uh, like uh, and then like I never put this much of myself into a character in this way as well, so this is um, uh, very new to me because I'm always I guess I I sometimes also, of course use the idea as an escapism and mm. I try to escape from the reality of this kind of harsh reality I have experienced. So I'm trying to always keep the memory happy, but sometimes I think it's it's definitely important to reflect on what you have experienced and how that affects. Because there's a lot of other people experiencing the same thing, but right. they're they're not there yet to to enjoy themselves. Right. Well, I mean, thank you for bringing this much of yourself into this character. I think it's making this character a really cool character. Um. So these last six uh, slots are more on their experiences. So family status. We know that they have parents, um, mm-hmm. and they're a young adult, so they probably are just maybe just moving mm-hmm. out of their parents' home or mm-hmm. have just left their parents' home. Um, so they probably, uh, yeah, so like families, they have parents, but they're probably not 
do you think they're still do you think they if they're a hero they're probably going out on their first adventure or something like that yeah yeah i definitely feel like they 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 feel like it's it's time to leave to expand the horizon a little bit and then just also that to to have a relief of basically probably from from this this, this tribal environment right mm-hmm. just wanted to to feel what's out there yeah and i definitely think upbringing we've discussed that that tribal traditions uh, mm-hmm. traditional society uh, relationship style or marital status it sounds like this this person is probably single right now single yep um do you think they would uh define their relationship style in a certain way things like monogamous polyamorous something else or if not because they're single they haven't had that experience they might not know yeah yeah i think this person um probably doesn't know and then he 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 or she had crashes they had crushes on people different people as like you know because bisexual mm-hmm. um it either could be a, a man or woman but but it's really just because this person's background um it's like um they feel close to a particular individual who are nice to them and then right. that's rare and then when that happens they immediately grow this kind of fondness and then have a crush on them and it didn't matter what what gender they are who they are or you know what their background is it's it's mostly you know that kind of like little tiny waves of crushes but never able to do anything or act on it <laughs> so yeah, i think prob- that, yeah. that's kind of the yeah they probably need time to figure out what what those crushes actually mean to them and if it's just friendship that they're mistaking for something else uh socioeconomic status this is like how did they if they're just starting out their adventuring career, they themselves are probably not that well off. Mm-hmm. But in this yeah. traditional society that they grew up in, do you think they grew up kind of like at the higher level, like higher tier, mm. like upper class? Do you think their parents were well off? Or do you think that this whole society itself maybe didn't actually... Um, Maybe they, the society didn't put that mu- as much stress on money that because of this religious nature relationship with nature. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably exactly what I'm thinking is they this tribal culture doesn't really put that much emphasis on money. So the people don't own a lot, but they're uh, told to be happy about what they have, mm-hmm. kind of like. And then so uh, so this character, obviously male, never really thought about money in that way um so probably that that's kind of okay life experience this is obviously we've talked a lot about what their different life experience is but this is i'm thinking is there like a moment or two moments in their life like that a turning point when when was the shift that because i know you said a lot of this uh, like if they were if this kind of emotional hermit background that they've been experiencing Mm-hmm. Um, what was the shift that they were like, you know what, I'm going to go out, I'm going to be an adventurer, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of, I feel like there was a moment where they had to make that choice to be like, I'm going to make mm-hmm. myself happy kind of thing. I'm not going to let mm-hmm. my past define how I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think with the Palantin background, it has to be something with a religion, right? It was right. like, uh, like, it has to be uh, like, you know, pivotal point in, in their life where they suddenly feel like, Hey, uh, 
I feel like there's this voice telling me that I need to expand and explore. I'm more than who I am. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, um, I, I think that's definitely the point. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember when I was, I think, 12 or 13, there are several, like, you know, really pivotal points in my life. One is uh, I was, um, my family was preparing to immigrate to Canada at the time. So, so I was um, like in, Ch in China, I also lived in Japan um, before that. And then it was just like a lot of traveling and changing of the environment for me. And then uh, one, one of the things was when I was convinced when I was a kid, because I had the, the skin condition that resembles skills, uh, I kind of, instead of thinking myself as a fish or snake, I saw myself as a dragon. So I- That's so I, cool. <laughs> So I, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm actually descending the dragon. I must actually had a part of God in me that people just didn't know about. <laughs> and, then, and then like when I'm like 30 years, like for example, when I was nine, I thought when I was 12, something amazing will happen. And then I, I will be known to people that I'm this like special person, <laughs> whatever. So, so but uh, I, I feel like when I, I'm 12 or 13, nothing really happened or changed. That's when I feel like, okay, time to change myself. Yeah. So that's kind of where the motivation is like, I want to be a different person now because I want to evolve to the person I dreamed of when mm -hmm. I was nine. So that was kind of like, even as that young, right? You have dreams, you have like, like aspirations. You feel like you, this is like kind of the spark. You, you feel like um, if I truly believe I can be someone, I can make something different, uh, you know? So that, that's kind of, kind of the thing. So I think I started to live just slightly more freely. Uh, also, also knowing that I'm cutting ties with, 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 that that environment I'm right. moving right away right. so that kind of give me a little bit like I I feel like oh I'm, I'm more afraid and then what that did to me was uh I I was like at the same time I was like I was introduced when I was living in Japan like the diversity of religion and in China that wasn't really the case mm -hmm. uh it's it's that you're atheist or you know you cannot practice religion there's no freedom of religion and then, so I started to speak about freedom in of religion when I was 13 in China. And then, of course, got me into trouble. <laughs> but that's kind of uh, like, you know, where like the point of changing is like one night, like New Year, I was just like, okay, this is, I feel like I heard a voice from, from the God or whatever, kind of like higher being and telling me, okay, uh, you know why there's no change? Because it's time for you to change yourself and then you have the power to do so. So go live the life that you, you need to live. So that's kind of, uh, that's that kind incredible. of transition. Joanna, that's truly incredible. I, and, uh, I love, I love that for you specifically, but then it's also amazing for this character that we're creating for mill. Like, I feel like yeah. that moment for them too. Yeah, so I, I feel that's definitely kind of the moment where he actually, for Mill, maybe it's actually hearing a voice while, uh, you know, she, she was like with nature and then suddenly it was like, okay, I hear a voice, a, some, some kind of light that guiding towards me and telling me, okay, I need to leave here. I need to go explore. I need to change. Mm 
and then the tribe needs to change, and I need to bring the change to the tribe. Now the the having the tribe to change to their attitude towards me. So that's kind of um, oh, probably yeah. So good, so good. I love it. The last one that I have here is privilege. This isn't always going to be the same as traditional patriarchal privilege that exists in our real world because hopefully in the open worlds that we create mm -hmm. those terrible <laughs> patriarchies don't exist mm -hmm. so is there a, a like a privilege that mill has mm -hmm. like even if it's just as simple as mill grew up with two parents that supported them maybe not in the like overly expressive loving love like lovey-dovey way that other mm -hmm. people do but supported them nonetheless definitely i think uh, male has been supported by uh their parents and also by the tribe right mm -hmm. because there is a tribe there there is kind of a community sense of community even though sometimes uh male is not included in in that but there is one so so male understands the community aspect of science, understand what a loving, helping each other out means. I, I think Mill would be such a cool character to play, <laughs> to have in a party with me or to play as like if I was a DM for a character that like, I think this is such a cool character that has so much uh, room for growth and story arcs. I think it would be I think it's incredible. Um, I have one uh, more question about Mill and the world around Mill. Um, mm -hmm. If we could adjust an element of traditional fantasy worlds mm -hmm. to make a more open, accessible place for Mill specifically. So, like, what what could we change about the reg like the standard? fantasy world mm -hmm. to make Mill feel more at home? Yeah. Um, so let's maybe start with the gender fluent, uh, fluid concept. Uh, so I read this uh, fantasy series called uh, The Culture, like around the, the culture, which is uh, a culture that kind of like high advance from human be like our current society kind of way. And then uh, in one of, the, one of the songs they have is they can basically input some kind of like either drugs or input things uh, to themselves, hormones to themselves and change gender as they, they wish. Okay. So basically everyone in the culture, basically in this culture, change, uh, have me a woman, have me a man, whenever you want, basically. Okay. And <laughs> and, and I feel that's an interesting fantasy setting where it's no longer a question, like like we talked about, sex is no longer important. Mm -hmm. It's not important. It's who you want to be. If right. you feel like you've been a mother for too long, you're tired of being a woman, oh, change perspective. Let's try being a father, being a man for, for a little while. And then let's change perspective back to being something else. Well, and I, I love that because they also, the people who choose like male right off the bat and they love it. They can stay male their whole life. They don't have to change if they don't want to. Exactly. So it's kind of like all, nobody questions like, mm -hmm. Oh, 
like you know are you a it doesn't matter does gender matter anymore it doesn't matter anymore it's like what whoever you want to be whenever you want to be it <laughs> like it's in your lifetime if you feel you're comfortable with being a male then like be a male the whole entire time right. but if you feel like you want to change perspective even just for a few years be a female then change it and then change it back if you didn't like it it's like whatever you feel like yeah. right so i i like that idea of like fluency just like you can be whoever you want it doesn't matter. It's a society. Nobody sees you differently because just because you want to try something. It's kind of like you're like I'm trying like different food, right? I'm trying Mexican mm -hmm. today. I'm trying Japanese food tomorrow. I'm trying Italian the next day. Who cares? Yeah, or so, like dyeing your hair a different color. It's like just because yeah, you dye your hair a different color, you're not going to change how you treat somebody who has green hair. Yeah, I'm still who I am, yeah. and I'm still the same person with the same values, right? Yeah. So that's kind of what I see. Uh, in terms of that, it's like it should be free to be to choose who you want to be. That I I love that, and I think that fully answers that question to a T. That's I I love both the character and the world that we are creating. I it's so yeah. good. Yeah. So I think I think that's probably a good place to uh, finish off with Mill for now. As always, uh, everyone listening, you can find a. Uh, character sheet and a visual representation of what we think Mill may look like at openworldrpg.org slash podcast. Also there, you can find any links to additional resources that we may have used to make this character, or you can find a preview of all that information on our social media by searching Open World RPG and looking for the D20. Joanna, thank you so, so much for being here today and helping me build a more open world. Can you tell oh, thank us you. a bit yeah. more about where the listeners can find you online, what you were up to specifically, and just plug anything you want right now for a little bit? <laughs> awesome. Um, like I said, I evolve all my life around D&D related songs. So uh, you can always find me on Instagram, either at dnd.research or uh, at um, cartographer with all the E. So I'll uh, dot, uh, underscore AR. I'll put, them uh, in the, I'll put the links yeah. in the bio too. <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, you can also find my jewelry stuff. I ribbon and knot on Instagram as well. So yeah, so um, I'm, I'm there. Um, I'm mostly excited about building this augmented reality app where you can just dr drag and drop uh, anything like a castle, a tree, anything you want into a, into your physical table, but virtually, I think it's just like That's the really kind of hologram hologram kind of idea is what I'm really excited about. It's kind of, I think it's a step towards the future. Maybe it's not the future, but it's like a step towards the future for sure. So um, we're launching a Kickstarter at the end of this month and definitely check it out. Yeah, amazing. I will definitely link to all those things, um, both on the website and on my the social media posts. Um, that's amazing. Again, I can't thank you enough for doing this with me. Uh, oh, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I never really looked so deep into my life and <laughs> reflect <laughs> on yeah, D and D character before. This is super fantastic, super cool. I love what you're doing. Amazing, thank you so much. Um, and thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with a new guest helping me create a new character as we continue to build an open world. I love you all. <laughs>